Well, hello. I am on the line with one of my favorite people. This is Tom Kittrick, uh, a guy who I've been working with for a long time. He's been an inspiration to me and at least a few other people. Uh, so I'm really glad that we got him on a podcast. So Tom, right, thank you so much for Pat. being here. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad man. To be here. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking the time. So let's uh, let's get right into it. Just introduce yourself, uh, what you do for a living. You're you're a family man, and you keep yourself real busy. So give us uh, give us a key into what and who Tom Kittrick is. Well, at the risk of putting everybody to sleep here, uh, my name's Tom Kittrick. I'm 65 years old. I'm happily married, two grown kids, probably around Zach's age at this point. Uh, you know, I work full time at a company where a pension fund manager, I manage a large IT environment at night. I teach part time at UNC Charlotte in, in IT, in the IT department. I got a PhD in computer science. So that's kind of funded the whole operation for the last few years. Uh, you know, I just went back to school just because I, I don't know, trying to keep busy here. Uh, and I got a dual major in sports psychology and uh, organizational psychology going online at Capella University. And uh, I don't know, I do a bunch of other things, I guess, athletically, if we want to call that athletic. <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned, obviously, your work funding the operation for, for these last few years. So <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, I'm pretty involved in the Spartan races, right? So uh, I'm, I'm going to hit my 100th Spartan race this year. Uh, I guess we started, what was that, 2015, Zach, and uh, the infamous Concord race where I got hypothermia and immediately <laughs> fell in love with Spartan races. Uh, and we did Wintergreen, which was a 12-hour event, I think, and that even made it more interesting to me. Uh, I run a lot. I do a lot of trail running these days, but uh, in the in the past, I've, I've been running marathons since about, I'm going to say, 82. I think the New York Marathon in 82 was my first race. Uh, so I travel a lot for races. I do a lot of stuff at the local Whitewater Center. And I work with a, a, an ultra marathon group here in Charlotte called Vagabond Endurance, uh, which is a good group. And, you know, that, that's really what I'm funding at this point. Yeah. So to paint the picture, we're talking, we're, you know, we're coming up on a hundred Spartan races. And like you said, that's, that's not even including all of the other, you know, trail races that you do in between. So really you're on the road flying around the country. I mean, you know, pandemic times aside, like every single weekend you're doing one to three races. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I mean, we just did the Montana race, which was great. It was, uh, the half marathon was uh, with the obstacles was 3,500 feet of elevation. So we had that on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we had the super uh, 6.2 miles with the obstacles and then the finish up with the sprint. So it was a, a great weekend. And I think Spartan's really smart in doing that. They kind of group things together. So when you go to a race, you can do multiple events in a weekend, which is, you know, really fun, right? It's all-you-can-eat program. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so obviously we started working together about 
you know, five or six years ago, and I had the pleasure of, you know, exposing you to your first Spartan race, but obviously the Spartan races were not your first rodeo uh, in the endurance uh, field. So obviously you mentioned like marathons. Uh, I know you've done uh, Muay Thai in the past. So give us, give us a quick uh, brief uh, history tour of what you've been up to athletically throughout your life. So maybe let me preface all this by saying I'm an average athlete, right? Uh, I periodically win my age group, but, but not a lot. But I mean, I've been running marathons since I think 82. And I think eight, since 82, I've been doing marathons, half marathons. Uh, we used to just have 10Ks in the past, but now you can always pick up a, a 5K or a seven miler. I mean, there, there's races all over the place these days that you can do. And I've been doing those regularly since that time. I mean, uh, most race series I, I, I've done, I enjoy them. Uh, I've always been involved in martial arts. I was in martial arts for about 23 years before the pandemic hit and kind of shut everything down. I'm trying to figure out a way to get back to it. I mean, when my kids were little, I trained with them. My wife, I trained with her in martial arts. And in the last seven years, I've been in Muay Thai which is a, a great stand-up art. I know uh, you're in jiu-jitsu, Zach, which is more ground fighting. I've always traditionally been in the stand-up, you know, kind of hard fist punching and kicking because uh, I have a little bit of a background in boxing in, in the old days, both, uh, you know, formally and informally. Let, let's just leave it at that, right? So, uh, you know, I mean, I've always kind of done martial arts and running. Uh, I've always kind of lifted I've, I've been lifting regularly for, you know, my adult life because I, I think you got to have strength. I think you got to be able to uh, be strong. You got to run away from a fight when you have to, but at some point you got to stand and deliver. So I think those are the three kind of pillars of what, I, what I've always tried to do. So, you know, I, I think that's it in, in a nutshell. But I mean, none of this is done, I think, at a, you know, at an elite level. I just do it because I enjoy it. I like to compete with people. I like, I really like to train. Uh, I, in fact, I enjoy training more than the actual event. The event is almost anticlimactic to me. I always think the event caps off the training. It's not training for it. You're, you know, you're kind of, you know, using that as a way to keep the fuel going for the future. So I think that's about it. Hey man, well, that's, that's great. And that's a very, that's a very important point because a lot of people get so fixated on I mean, in this case, quite literally the finish line. And if you've not enjoyed the process or if you've destroyed yourself in the process, then it's kind of all for naught when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, I actually have a saying, there is no finish line. It's every time you finish your race, that's the starting line to another one, right? I mean, in the old days when we just had the New York Marathon every year and a couple of 10Ks, after the marathon, I'd be bummed out because it was over. But now you can get races all over the place and just keep it going. I use races as a way to train. You know, I'll, I'll set a time for what I want to do on a race and lock in and do that to get ready for a bigger one down the road, which is what I'm doing right now. I've got a, a, a Spartan 30 miler at the end of June. So all these other races have been a part of training for that one. And then that one will turn into the next ultra, which is really two months later. So, I mean, I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. So that, that sounds like that's an attitude that you found, you know, pretty early on because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, 
you've essentially been, you know, active in this way for, you know, well over like 30 years at this point. And that seems like a pretty rare thing these days. Well, I don't know. I have no perspective on any of this. This is just kind of the way I live my life. You know what I mean? I don't really, uh, I don't know, compare with a lot of what a lot of people do. Uh, I'm also a little stubborn with my approach to things. So I don't really compare myself to other people. I just kind of do my thing. I enjoy doing it. Uh, I don't want to stop, which is why I'm working harder these days, I think, because you know, we're running out of runway at this point, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go down to the bitter end at this juncture, right? Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's, again, just one of the attitudes that I've always appreciated uh, that you bring to the table, because, you know, as a coach, we're always kind of in this weird kind of paradox where, you know, normally, it's a big part of my job to motivate and inspire people to get off the couch in the first place. And that's, that's certainly never been the case with you. Um, but also just your attitude of, you know, the goal is something that you're, uh, that you're working towards, but you're not attached to, you know, speaking to your point of like the finish line of one race is the start of the next. Yeah. I mean, it's delayed gratification uh, to finish a race. You know, anything you have to give up to finish that, I'd rather finish the race because I know how good it feels. I want to I want to do it again. And I actually don't even believe in motivation. I believe in discipline. If it's if Monday's a run day, Monday's a run day. You know, it's not like whether you want to do it or not. That's what you agreed to on the schedule that you set out. So, I mean, that's when I work with you, we're setting up training blocks for the week and the month and the year. I mean, that, that's what I stick to. I'm not sure. I don't even think I'm motivated. I think I'm just disciplined to do what I'm supposed to be, you know, doing on the schedule that I signed up for. Right. I mean, so <laughs> I'm not sure I could even motivate anybody else. I don't, I don't even know if I've motivated myself at all. I've just made a personal agreement with myself to do something because I want to do it. Yeah. Well, that's uh, again, that's a very powerful perspective. And, you know, that's why I say like you're kind of, the real life uh, David Goggins and and Jacko uh, Willink, if you're familiar with those guys, um, very much the same the same kind of uh, you know theme and message. It's just like you you rationally just decide what it is that you want to do, and you just make the promise or the pact with yourself that you're going to do it, and and you kind of. Um, you know, so to speak, get lost in the process for the process's sake, and you don't get so hung up on, you know, the outcome and the finish line and all that good stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, again, from from my perspective as a coach, uh, that's you are you are uh, very interesting to work with because you just don't get that sort of attitude very often with with clients. That's why I think you have a tough job. I, I honestly don't know how you can do it. You can't talk somebody into doing something they don't want to do, right? Uh, it, it's just a very difficult thing to do. And, you know, one of the reasons that I even came to you with a trainer is I, I have no objectivity of what I'm doing at a personal level with my training. I need, it's almost like writing. I need an editor to look at my writing and say, 
this makes sense, but tweak it as opposed to tell me what to do completely. I mean, I could, I figured stuff out I should be doing in training block wise, you know, years ago, but I need somebody to look at it and say, yeah, this makes sense, but you might want to adjust it. Uh, I don't know how you could possibly give somebody a blank sheet of paper when they haven't bought into it. That, that just seems to be a very complicated thing to do. I don't get involved in any of that. I'm not smart enough to try to figure out if I want to do something or not. I just kind of focus on this is what I'm agreeing to do and just execute on the plan, right? Because I think that's where the fun is. The fun is, in, I think, in athletics is agreeing to do something and agreeing with yourself to do it, execute on it, and see what happens as a result, and then make adjustments from there. I mean, that's what's so much fun about this. That's why anybody can be an athlete, because anybody can do that. You don't have to be awesome and great. You just have to be committed to self-improvement. I mean, you know, I don't know. It doesn't seem complicated, but I think people make things very complicated. Yep, they really do. They really do. So all that to say, I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that, especially in recent history, um, I haven't really had to play, uh, I haven't been forced to play the part of motivator. I'm, I'm very happy to say that, you know, everyone who I get to work with, you know, these days, you know, is, is self-motivated to that point. That's and great. I'm just, I'm just kind of along for the ride as the, you know, trusted advisor, so to speak. So yeah, I don't think that can be downplayed either because you need a sounding board because there's only so many things you can do in a week. I mean, you can't add more at some point. Sometimes taking away things is more beneficial, which is what, you know, which is kind of my problem some weeks. And you as a sounding board, that's that's really important. I didn't see the value of that until I got into my 50s. Because mm. I'm a knucklehead. I thought I could figure it out myself, right? And, and I saw the value in that when I got into my 50s because there was, all, there was less time I had to do things. I had to be more efficient. Right. Yeah. So if we if we kind of go back in time a little bit, five or six years ago to when you darkened the doors of the gym <laughs> that I used to be uh, working at. Um, yeah. What was there anything in particular where and I don't know if you had worked with personal trainers in the past, but what what was that point in your athletic career like where you're like, OK, not only do I need to maybe find a trainer to help me out. But I'm also curious maybe why you stuck with me then and, and you know, what I've done to, uh, to keep you around this long. Yeah, so we met at that commercial gym, uh, Lifetime Fitness. I'm going to say it was 20, 2014, 2015, something like that. I mean, I was in there kind of doing my own programming and and believe me, I'm embarrassed to say that, you know, my programming was still left over from the 80s when I was doing like the, the Arnold workout, right? Which, you know, is the, the old school four by 10 and cycle through to three by eight, three by 10, four by eight, four by 10, pick the, pick the body parts. I wasn't even doing push pill those days, but I was in there and I saw you working with people and I saw you not like being... Uh, in people's faces, but kind of advising them and helping people maybe get full depth on their squat, maybe, you know, keep their back in the correct position on deadlift. So the observations I made of you 
made of you kind of led me to believe that, you know, this is something I could get another set of eyes on this and maybe change up some of the movement patterns that I'm doing. Cause you were, you were doing some things at that point that I really wasn't doing, especially with mobility. Cause I'm famous for not wanting to stretch. Uh, I don't even think I stretch before a marathon sometimes. So uh, I kind of observed that and then we talked and I was just taken by the fact that I thought you were really smart. And so you were kind of intellectualizing, uh, figuring out what to do as opposed to giving me the, you know, the Sergeant drill master thing, which I, I kind of don't need, right? I, I kind of don't need that. Uh, I, I personally don't respond to it because I'm, I think I'm tougher on myself than any 10 people I've ever met. And, and so that was really the reason why I started to talk to you. And then I think we tried it out a little bit and I saw some immediate benefit from some of the new movement patterns that we were doing. And I saw how you sprinkled in some mobility work, which I actually saw benefit from before, before and after lifting. And I think that was the beginning of seeing the value that you brought. It wasn't just in giving me a sheet of paper every week or trying to yell at me. Uh, it was, I've got a different way of doing this that I think you should keep your head open to. And I, I did. Right. I, I did. And I still do, uh, because if left to my own devices, I would just do more sets, more miles. You know, I would just load things up even more. And like I said before, I need an editor. I don't need somebody to write the story for me. So, I mean, that's why I think I originally was intrigued and why I think this is still working out, because I'm also cycling through the, the month uh, through the year, through, you know, there's really no off season anymore, but I'm also trying to get ready for big races. And I know that you've, uh, you've been smart with just some of the movements that we're doing that I think have really helped to keep me fresh, which is, you know, not, not an easy thing to do considering there's something like every weekend and I'm training, you know, six, seven days a week, which, you know, you've never given me a speech on, but, you know, I know is probably, uh, over the top. <laughs> well, yeah, man. I mean, uh, again, I I'm a super I'm a super nerd about movement, <laughs> training, fitness, all this stuff. Like as you know, so again, I have never really seen it as my job or my lane to be a drill instructor for somebody. Um, my my whole style from day one has been about helping people work smarter. And then obviously you've got all the fuel you'll ever need to just do the work yourself. Cause I mean, again, again, going back to the paradox that sometimes we have as personal trainers, it's like, I can't do the work for you. Nobody's going to do the work for you. But the best thing that I can do as a coach is help you to right. work smarter on, on your own. And that's, that's definitely been our, our, our dynamic. And you were the first guy I worked with, and I really haven't worked with anybody else other than in martial arts, where you know, there's always an instructor to a class, but I've been instructor in, in a class, and that's the way I kind of viewed it when I instructed a, a class, is to kind of work with people to help them develop themselves rather than to tell them what to do, right? Those are like two different things. Uh, exactly. You, know, you want to help people, not you know tell them what to do. So, Yeah. So in, in a great 
let's say uh, <laughs> a serendipitous event of timing, uh, you came into the scene right as I was getting into Spartan races. And I think I had done maybe, maybe two, maybe three at the time that we started uh, training together. And I was getting together a little uh, Spartan race team there with uh, some of the other trainers and clients at Lifetime. And I, I don't, I don't remember how much I had to convince you to, <laughs> to join that, that first Spartan race. Um, but obviously that was your first of, you know, what, what is now going to be well over a hundred races. So uh, take us back again to that point in time and, and what you found in that Spartan race experience that really clicked for you. Well, first of all, I've always found races to be excited. I, I don't know why. I still get that feeling of being nervous the night before, the starting line. I mean, I've run the New York Marathon, Boston, London, Reykjavik. I've run a, a bunch of marathons. And the excitement of a big race is unparalleled for me. I, I just think it's fantastic. So, you know, I've been running, you know, my wife and I were in the, sitting on the couch watching TV and an ad came on for sport races. And she turned to me and said, who the hell would ever want to do that? And I said, I'm signing up right now. I mean, I don't even know barely what it is, but it looks great. And then we started talking. And at the beginning of that race, you know, when they give that 300 speech and the whole, the whole vibe, the whole atmosphere, I just think is just so exciting. And that has never gone away. And even after the first few races where I was, unprepared both gear wise and i think i got hypothermia the first race and the second race at wintergreen was yeah i just was not ready for those brutal inclines that just seemed to make it more attractive right because it was harder actually than than a lot of marathons i've run i mean it, it required more training more different skill set you know more mental preparation the whole logistics was it was not easy getting to these kind of remote places. And I just find it fun and exciting. Now, since the first, I don't know, I'm going to say few, I run into the same people at the Spartan races all the time from all over the country. So I think the word community gets used too much, but it just reminds me of in the old days, you know, following the Grateful Dead around where you just run into the same people that, you know, different shows and you'd say hello to them and you'd hang out for a while. It's the same kind of vibe. It's just really a lot of fun. And the races themselves are all very difficult, uh, especially when you sign up for the most difficult ones. Like Montana is somewhat legendary and it's just, you know, it's unbelievable to be able to go there and do well. And, and it just fuels the training for the next one. I mean, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? The hard ones get you ready for harder ones. And, you know, then at some point you've done all of them and then you want to do them all over again, right? It's, uh, you know, I think that's what clicks with me. It motive, it, it helps you do, helps you train. It helps you keep interested and, and to always want to get better. Cause you know, I got so much work to do on my Spartan game that, you know, it just makes me want to work harder. Dig it, man. As we're coming up on a uh, hundred Spartan races, um, what, if anything, comes to you off the top of your mind for 
like your your biggest highlights from a race or or accomplishments or anything that you really feel uh, like proud to uh, to hang your hat on. We're talking about athletics, right? Because I'm proud of my kids that grew up as good people in spite of me. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, kept the family together through thick and thin. But uh, you know, I, I think the 30 mile Spartan race is it's a long day, right? And and I don't think I'd say if you're in your 30s, you might be able to just walk up to the starting line and get through it. But I think as you get older, you've really got to train for that and be specific. So I've done a handful of ultras so far that I'm, uh, you know, I wouldn't say I'm proud of myself because I try not to get into that. It's not an accomplishment. It's I'm, you know, I'm content that I was able to do that. I don't, I try not to pat myself on the back too much, but uh, I was very pleased when I got those ultras done because uh, 30 miles and 60 obstacles and difficult terrain is a full day. And the training that goes into it takes at least six months for me. Uh, and you want to come out of it unscathed so you can do something the following week and the following, you know, set of time. So, you know, I've been pleased with that. I'm, I'm signed up for two this year. In fact, one's coming up at the end of June uh, in Fayetteville. And the other one's coming up uh, later in the year in Dallas, uh, which I usually do every year. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, I think if you're in the Spartan game, you absolutely should do an ultra. And any of the folks you train with who do Spartan races, they absolutely should sign up for one. Uh, it's the only race they have that you can DNF, that they, you cannot finish, right? All the other races you're going to finish, but there's a failure point with the uh, ultra because you got to hit the cutoff points. And, and if you don't, you're done. No t-shirt, no banana, no nothing, which is, I think is great, right? Uh, you know, there's got to be failure for there to be success. So I'd say the ultra, you know, you know I would. Uh, but I mean, I'm also proud of my martial arts career. You know, I've kept that going for a long time and, uh, you know, that's a young man's game and I've hung in there. I've learned some things along the way that I think compensate for losing some hand speed. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, to, to dojos opening up again and, and maybe starting a new style up, uh, maybe Krav Maga or, or something like that. Because, uh, you know, I kind of miss sparring a little bit. We, we had a little sparring group at my home gym here, but it, it's hard during the pandemic because people are freaked out, right? So uh, I'd like to get back into that. But yeah, I mean, just doing stuff. That's all, that's all I think I do. I just do stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, if we can boil it down to two words. <laughs> do stuff. Right. All right. Uh, well, let's see. Obviously, you maintain a, a like super high-level training and obviously racing schedule. Um, so, you know, without giving away the whole farm, uh, what does your training look like these days? And maybe how has it changed over the, uh, over the years? Well, I now run uh, four days a week, but two of those are uh, speed work. So there's a recovery run, there's two speed work days, there's a medium day, and then Saturday is always a long run. So there's a fifth day that's a long run that fluctuates based on what I'm training for, but it actually could be a race. Like 
I've got a seven miler in Waxhaw coming up, uh, you know, this weekend. So I run, I'm running four days a week and racing one day a week. And then there's a five day a week lift schedule, right? Five day a week lift schedule. That sometimes is a six day a week lift schedule uh, because if there's a, if there's no like heavy duty race on the weekend. So uh, the, the, other, the other training blocks is I, I joined Orange Theory to get some hit work in twice a week just so that I could interact with, with human beings at some point, which I think is always helpful. And uh, I'm doing that twice a week. In fact, I just came from there. It's a lot of fun. And we do a lot of, you know, high intensity hit training, which I think is good for me. And then I also, uh, my wife and I do a three time a week. Uh, I'm going to, I don't want to call it it. It's not true hit training, but we, it's more like station work where I've done things with her where, you know, she's on the, uh, on the bike while I'm doing more Spartan specific stuff like pegboard work, rope climbs, heavy carries, sled pushes, uh, pull-ups, uh, these gizmos I have for recreating uh, different Spartan, uh, Spartan things. And we, we do like a station workout uh, three times a week. So, uh, and then Sunday is a day that I keep open, but it's typically like a long hike which I use as a recovery run, a recovery to like lengthen things out. But it kind of depends on, on the week, right? Uh, that, that's like, it's like, you know, it's like open gym Sunday where, uh, you know, I'm kind of using that as a recovery day. And now that the weather's better, I'll do that as a mountain biking day. I got into mountain biking last year at the Whitewater Center and really like that. It's, I think it's good for your legs. Um, so that's kind of what the week looks like. They're typically training blocks or of at least two a day, sometimes two and a half and three. Uh, and I work this in with my, uh, you know, teaching is now online for me right now and work. I've been working from home. Uh, but even when I worked in the office, I would just run at lunch and uh, everything would be cool with that. So that, that's what the week is like. And then the other time I'm eating, right? So I mean, eating is a is a major operation in in, in the Kittrick household. Uh, I cook my own food only because my wife just can't keep up with it. I'm at like 3,500 calories a day. There's a lot of chicken and and, and rice and vegetables, uh, a lot of oatmeal, uh, protein shakes, uh, Quest bars. Uh, but I mean. I'm eating about six meals a day. I've always kind of done that uh, because I have a tendency to thin out as the race season goes on. As Zach, we've talked about this. You know, I try to keep weight on because, uh, you know, I know this is a, isn't everybody's problem, but sometimes a lot of the, uh, the running kind of thins me out, which I don't really like. But I've been holding steady between 185 and 190 the last few years, which I think is a is a good weight for me at, at, at about six foot. I think that's a good, probably a good weight for me, a good combination of strength and, uh, and kind of leanness. But uh, yeah, that's what the week is like. And the week goes by quick, you know, uh, it goes by quick. It's always a lot of fun. And all this is fueled by awesome playlists that I put together all the time, Zach, that we talk about, you know, all the time, because music's a big part of this. Uh, the level of effort I put into running playlists is almost like a fifth job that I have. 
uh, it, it really gets complicated sometimes. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure you've heard the new Gojira record. I just uh, listened through it uh, yesterday. Little mellow for me, but uh, I think they're going to work that into a set list because I think, you know, the two and a half hour death metal show uh, can be draining after a while. So they're trying to mix it up a little bit, but we're, we're cool with Gojira. The album's a little mellow, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A good, uh, yeah. A good low, low to uh, moderate uh, pace uh, hiking music there. Well, cool, man. Uh, that's, that's probably the list of questions that I had for you I, that I think we covered. Is there anything that you want to add or, or elaborate on? Yeah, why would anybody find this interesting? This is the, the thing that I've been trying to figure out since you asked me this. I mean, this is the most tedious, boring. I mean, I just don't understand it, Zach. Maybe you can explain that to me. <laughs> Uh, well, a couple of things, you know, one is, you know, what I've found is, uh, you know, in this, you know, funny kind of world of podcasting, people just appreciate hearing conversation, hearing people's stories. And I mean, look, to obviously address the elephant in the room, we've all been kind of locked away in our houses for the past year. And we haven't had a lot of the serendipitous, you know, chance meetings, um, you know, around, around new people yeah, as much as we maybe have in the past. So, you know, podcasting is something that I've kind of done off and on over the years and over the past yeah. few months, um, I've gotten a lot more, yeah, consistent with it. So just sharing the stories and conversations with the people who I work with, um, even if nobody else listens to it, I mean, I just have a good time chatting with you and, and everyone else who I work with. So any excuse to do that, I'm, I'm for it. Well, if anybody's interested, I mean, on Instagram, I'm Tom Shankopotamus. So, uh, you know, hit me up and connect. Uh, you know, I mean, people that are racing and training, I, I think are interesting because you could always pick things up from other people. And I'm always, you know, trying to do that. I, I tell you, these races, I meet people that are so inspirational. It, it, it's unbelievable. I just met a guy who, literally had heart surgery six months ago and he was in Montana doing the races. I mean, that's incredible to me. And, you know, the pandemic I think was really hard on some people. I, it did actually didn't bother me that much. I mean, I just, I got a gym downstairs. I just did my thing. You know what I mean? And I mean, I had my own race series for a little while. I think you got a shirt, right? The pandemic race series. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> We did that for a while. We had a lot of fun with that, gave away some stupid awards and, you know, had a good time with that. But yeah, okay, that makes sense. I mean, anything I can do to help uh, any way I can, Zach, you know that. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, and all that to say, the other obvious point is, is, I mean, you're, you're an inspiration and a motivation to me, even though you don't try. And that's, that's probably why, because you're not out there you know, putting on airs for anybody like, you know, again, not to go off on a tangent, but, you know, a lot of times kind of being of the millennial generation and because I do so much stuff online, I'm kind of inundated in the whole Instagram ethos. And a lot of that is really 
kind of uh, kind of shallow, kind of fake, and you can see right through it. And when I'm scrolling through my phone and the you know the the latest Tom Shankopotamus uh, race update comes up, it's a breath of fresh air because I know that you're just a guy who's no bullshit, who's just taking what he does seriously, who's enjoying the process, and he's just out there getting dirty and working hard and you know, he posts the occasional, you know, photo with the, you know, with the, uh, with the coffee guys and, and that's it. And I just know, obviously, because we know each other and, and, and I'm your coach, I just know all of the, the work and the consistency that all that represents. You know, it, it's really funny to me, but uh, there was a great book that was written in the 70s by George Sheehan called Running and Being. It was really talking about why people should run. And the bottom line is just to be a human being. I mean, people were persistence hunters in the old days. We chased down our food to, to survive, right? Before we invented spears and everything. So the fact that people are training and working out doesn't make you a badass. It makes you a normal functioning human being. I mean, because this is what people are supposed to be doing. They're not supposed to be sitting in cubicles and offices and looking at their phone all day long. They're supposed to be outside doing stuff. So, you know, it, it kind of cracks me up when people think they're a badass because they can do something. They're not. That's like, this is what a minimum requirement of being a functioning person is. I mean, you know, I, I actually don't think it's a big deal. We're supposed to be doing this. This is what we were kind of invented to kind of do, right? And the, if we don't do it, that's a problem. If we are doing it, okay, good. You're supposed to be doing it. I mean, I, uh, you know, I don't, I think people make too big of a deal even over the races, right? Where the whole badass, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I don't get it. You should be able to toe the line and, and do it as a moment's notice. I mean, I think any functioning person should be able to run a half marathon, you know, the drop of a hat. I mean, because you got to, escape stuff in the old days cavemen had to get chased and get away from stuff so yeah i don't get it I, I, but i'm maybe I'm, it's over my head I, I i don't know i think it's me i'm not sure if anything else yeah no no not at all i think uh, i think there is a fine line to toe there um and and i think oftentimes we're kind of fed this bill of goods to where you know you, you almost think that maybe you have to feel like a badass every day in the gym or you're not working hard enough or it's not working or it's not worth doing. And, and I think that maybe subconsciously sabotages a lot of people because um, almost like building up this big expectation that almost always ultimately lets you down. But if you can take just a real pragmatic, practical perspective, use a lot of alliteration, you know, like you are, where it's just like, this is just part of your life and you can just get enjoyment out of doing the thing and you don't have to blow it up into this big grandiose, you know, thing in, in, in your mind. Yeah. I mean, you know, I want to be able to do the races. I mean, Montana was gorgeous. We did a, we did a, a mile ascent to the top of the mountain and we got up there it was gorgeous. I mean, that was great. I mean, you should be able to hike up a mountain, right? I mean, shouldn't you? I mean, and then then run down it. I mean, these are, I, I think, 
I think sometimes the hyperbole of, of modern day life is makes puts pressure on people to do stuff that, that they should just be doing kind of normally. I, I, I don't know. I also think that, you know, older people get too much credit for doing things that, you know, they should be doing. I mean, you know, what have you been doing your whole life? You should have been doing stuff all along so you could keep doing it, right? I mean, and I think that, you know, there's a part of that too that, you know, sometimes I get, it's kind of weird. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a hyperbolic world we live in. And I think that it gives people that don't want to do anything an excuse to be soft, right? Which is, I really don't get it. I mean, you know, believe me, the pandemic was was bad. It was bad. You know, a lot of people got sick, you know, lost their jobs, etc. But it wasn't freaking World War II. I mean, we weren't like, you know, in the trenches, you know, hand-to-hand combat with with the Germans with tear gas going on, we had to figure out other ways to kind of work around stuff. And I think that training kind of builds resilience for life. I mean, if you don't sign up to do tough things, when the tough things come, you won't be ready to do them. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want to prepare yourself for the inevitable tough things that happen in life. I mean, this is the beauty of sports, right? It's self-inflicted suffering so that when the suffering comes, you that you didn't sign up or you're ready to take on. Right? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. 100%. Yeah, I, I very much have tried to keep that sentiment in mind, you know, kind of kind of from day one. So, you know, as, as kind of a, a young guy getting into fitness, one of the things that I kind of had to rely on to keep myself consistent and not screw around is reminding myself that even though life is easy right now, it's certainly not going to be at a certain point in the future. And obviously today I remind myself of that and and I'm confident that that's a mentality that, you know, I'm going to carry on, you know, obviously for the rest of my life, but Anytime you, that you hurt your leg, right? I mean, what was the answer to that? Cry in the corner and suck your thumb or go to rehab, do upper body stuff for a few months, come back stronger. It'll even feel better after you're done, right? Because you overcame something. I mean, injuries are part of doing stuff. You know who doesn't get hurt? People that never do anything. They never get hurt, right? I mean, and they're, they're even worse off than we are because they never attempted anything. So, I mean, I've had knee operations, you know, tore a shoulder, you know, busted up in fights in Muay Thai. I mean, it's a part of, it's a cost of doing business, but, you know, you overcome it because the the inevitability of life, you're going to get old, it's going to be tougher to do things. How are you going to face that? Or are you just going to kind of give in? I, oh man, I'm not giving in. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not giving in. <laughs> no tapping out here, bro. <laughs> yeah well uh, again this is one of the reasons why i love working with you why i like chatting with you because i i don't feel like a lot of these ideas are talked about enough and you know maybe it's just the you know the circles that i run in and, and my own uh you know internet algorithms but um yeah i i found just these very practical almost stoic approaches to just you know, keeping yourself in shape. I mean, as, as simple as that sounds, um, 
you know, when, when, it, when you really boil it down, these are the things that, you know, can and should keep you in the game for years and years on end. And you're an obvious example of that. Well, I think I got a couple miles left on the, on the tires too. So, you know, I got big plans for the next 10 years. I mean, I got a 10 year plan for what I want to do and it doesn't mean sloughing off. I mean, I don't think that's going to help me get there too much. Right? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think retirement, uh, at least from, uh, from athletics is, is in that plan. No, I mean, I might retire from my day job, but I've got an idea to do something uh, with a race series that I've been working with, uh, because I really think that a lot of running uh, can help people who are kind of suffering from uh, anxiety and depression, which I think is even more prevalent today just because of I don't know, the way the world is. And, and I, I'm, I'm looking to try to figure out if I can help in that way. Uh, I'm not sure what that is yet, but that's one of the reasons why I went back to school to try to explore that and figure out if there's a place I can kind of fit in as a as a volunteer or something. I, I'm not, not as a for-profit venture, but as a, a volunteer thing. Because I think that, you know, some people are lost today and I don't know, I don't, I don't understand why. I don't listen to a lot of people, so I don't hear a lot, but the ones I talk to, it seems to be a really complicated thing on why they can't do anything and you know, I pride myself on my own stupidity I'm not smart enough to think I can't do something I just gotta go and, and do it right and I mean I don't think that that's uh I don't, I don't think people do that enough people are worried too much today about the way they look or how they'll match up against their peers or what if I don't do it well I, I don't I don't get involved in all of that you know so yeah yeah well uh, again, I think it kind of comes back to all of these ideas that we've been talking about, which is, you know, I think ultimately at the end of the day, finding that part and that piece inside you that just, you know, wants to go run to fulfill whatever's written in your DNA that, that inspires you to go out and, and run and to do the work and to physically exert yourself. Yeah, I mean, obviously, being, you know, being a strength coach, I think that there's, you know, a few things that are as important in this life as that idea of voluntary hardship that we can do in a safe, sustainable way through smart, sustainable training. So, yeah, man, it's, um, it, it's all it's all good stuff. And I, I'm really excited to see how that is going to play out for you in the future. Yeah, there's something that I actually would like to do in the future is that I don't run races with anybody else. You're actually the right. last person I've ever run a race with, which was race two, 98 races later. These are all solo efforts, which I think brings into another degree of difficulty uh, just in logistics and, and, you know, in case of injury, etc. I'd like to start to, to, to like race with other people. Uh, because I've never really done that. I've always been kind of, kind of the lone wolf guy uh, for one reason or another. And I'd like to explore maybe being more kind of social in this, which is something that I've, I've never really done. I've always just put the headphones on and tucked the cap down and, you know, pointed in the direction we're going and, and kept the motor going in gear three for as long as I have to. And, and being able to do that with other people is something that I'd like to explore because, 
I think that's a, a dimension that I've ignored up until this point. And I think it would be interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, my, uh, my only regret there is that I'm uh, nursing a broken leg. And at least for this year, you'll probably have to count me out. But yeah, it'll get better, man. It'll be, be come back stronger. You know? Absolutely. That's, Def that's definitely. the goal. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I'm getting, I'm getting real close to walking again. So that's, that's very exciting. Yeah. I've had two knee operations and you know, you never think it's going to get better. And then after you rehab it and it's better, that leg will probably be stronger than the other one because sure. you've had work done on that one. They've kind of fixed it. The other one is, you know, is whatever it is right now, right? Nobody's gone in there and tweaked it a little bit. So I know my right leg is stronger than my left now, and I've had the right done twice. It's just an incredible thing. You got to get over the psychology where you think it's injured. It's not. It's it's fixed better than the other one now. That's the way you got to think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This is my... That's going to come in handy, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. This is my, you know, this is my six million dollar side right. at this point. Right. Yeah. Well, Tom, hey, again, man, I, uh, I appreciate the time. I know between racing and training to race and eating and obviously maintaining a family and a career, you don't have a whole ton of time. So uh, I thank you very much for, for hopping on the phone today. My pleasure, Zach. Go get him. You got it, man. No right mercy. back at you. No mercy. No quarter, no quarter given. There you go. Okay, thanks. See you, man.